Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Life Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Smith. And if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another podcast. And if you love this episode and you want some more tips and tricks on how to improve yourself, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are a ton, a ton of instructional videos there. You can find the links down below. However, today, my friends, today, my friends, I have a spiritual brother from another yes. mother in the house, Gavin McHale. Dude, I feel like I've just took a hit of cocaine or something here. Like, let's uh, let's keep this ball rolling. Thank you for the wonderful yeah. intro. You're very welcome, my friend. Yeah, keep the ball rolling. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so getting into the deep end, uh, a question that I like to start with is pretty simple. And it is, how do you impact the lives of the people around you, Gavin? I love that question so much. What I'll, I like to give you the gut answer right away, right? Mm -hmm. Not, not the logical answer. Um, I connect them to a higher version of themselves. That's, that's my goal. Um, I did some, some great work with a coach where we tried to figure out like, okay, based on all of my experiences in my life. And if we were to consider that all of those experiences were exactly what I needed to bring me to this moment right now, you know, what is my superpower? And that's what came up is, uh, mm -hmm. what did he say? He said, I'm, uh, Anyway, he said, I'm basically a human, a human connector or a connector of humans, uh, to their highest selves. And the way that I do this is either through connecting them to other people who could be really, you know, who could put them into a higher vibration or connecting patterns that I see that may, that they may not see, or giving them a perspective shift on some things where they may think that those are negative and we can turn them or help them see that there is a positive side to that coin as well. That's, that's what I like to do. If I'm at my best self, that's what I love to do for the people around me. Yeah, that was, that was an awesome answer. So with the man, okay. Going into that good stuff. I knew you're going to go like yeah. gut right off the bat. I was I'm like, gonna this go is gonna be awesome. So when in the pursuit of the higher version of ourselves, uh, I, I understand that a lot of coaches, consul consults, they uh, they go through a process of their mess being their message. Is that the yeah. same along with yourself, my friend? Yeah. Um, and it, it's funny you say that. I actually was, I'm working with one of our clients right now. I do the majority of my work for Craig Ballantyne. And so I get to work with a lot of different clients who are at a lot of different levels. And we're working with one of our fitness clients. She owns a gym and she's got an online coaching business and she's just crushing it. But underneath the surface, there were a lot of challenges, a lot of limiting beliefs holding her back. And the belief that we came to uh, through all the work that we did was that her mess is her message. And this allowed her to get vulnerable with potential clients, allowed her to get vulnerable, vulnerable with current clients and truly have an impact regardless of whether they were gonna, you know, say she's on a sales call, regardless of whether they actually pay her, she could leave them better off than she found them by sharing her quote unquote mess or her story. And so for me, um, I was saying this to somebody, I was mentioning to you that I was at Charlie Johnson's event in Vegas last weekend. And I was saying to somebody, you know, 
when I'm talking about mindset and talking about um, limiting beliefs and all that stuff, where I feel I have so much clout, so to speak, is that whatever people are most afraid of, I've done. You know, a lot of people are super afraid, uh, especially in the business space, they're super afraid of losing everything, of, of, of wasting their potential, right? They're like, I can see that I can do this. I can see that I can go to the next level. I can see that I can serve more people or make more money. And I'm afraid that I'm going to blow it or I'm going to waste it, right? So they're, they're operating so much out of fear. I blew the potential in like the biggest money-making potential ever, which is professional sports. I completely, you know, orchestrated a complete meltdown over one hockey season, which was my NHL draft year, right? So I can say like everything you're scared of doing, I did. And here's how in hindsight, I have used that experience to create this almost curriculum or I can teach you how to not do it. No, I like that, dude. I like <laughs> that. So good. It's actually interesting in this last chunk of time, I've been going on my own little journey of uh, like really being intentional with my vision, my clarity, my values, what I want to actually do as a con contribution to the human race. Cause my own little uh, mission statement or creed, I suppose <clears throat> is to persistently pursue self-betterment or the persistent pursuit of self-betterment and being a positive contribution to the human race. And took quite a bit of reflecting on this one. It, it was a, it was a tough one, but I, I found that uh, like yourself, that there's the connector uh, aspect where I, I honestly view it more like a, as a strategist, not more like a strategist, but as a strategist where it's, you're able to zoom out, you're able to, acknowledge that your thoughts are just thoughts and then you are not your thoughts and then being able to see uh the trajectory from a higher vantage point and what i found with that is that the problem that i had was ambiguity in my goals and there was a lack of clarity and with that indecision came frustration and i had to take a step back to really push things down, not push things down to feel into things. That's a better way of putting it to feel Absolutely. into things in order to have a better, uh, coaching experience internally. Cause I have like so many, so many folks are like great coaches. Like I've sat in on many of your calls before and still on your lives and in both like Vince's, uh, mastermind and as well as the, uh, um, the perfect day formula Facebook group, I believe you've done a couple as well. Yep. yep. And damn dude like there's so many amazing coaches but i gotta say like when you develop the sense of self in order to be able to coach the self there's a lot less uh uh there's not really a great wall of china in the way and there's actually a door that's there so in saying that and in understanding that your experience of your your you crushing it during your draft season. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you find how for yourself or even from that little tip of what I just mentioned there, or uh, generally from a majority of your clients, when the story goes for a downward spiral or a downward turn. And I think that usually we 
we understand things either by choice or by chance. And your circumstance was chance. Mine was choice in this one, but chance further back. And then it's just letting things slide. But how, how is it that you, how is it that you generally find folks being able to launch themselves out of there, just crawl themselves out of there? Yeah. Um, well, the one thing that I wanted to point out, because I think this is a good conversational point, is like, I would imagine it has taken you a lot of fumbles, so to speak, to get to the place where you can be the observer and be your own coach, mm. uh, to get to the place where that that wall becomes a door. And this is why I think it's so important if you're just getting into this to have somebody to support you, because I've said this, I said this to many people when I was in sales, it's impossible. Well, it's not impossible, but it's really hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle. And what happens most of the time, in particular, when things go sideways or when things, I don't even want to say sideways, when things don't go as you expected them to go, we start freaking out. And even if we've done work and we, and you know, we've got experience, this is when we, we revert back to like almost our like childhood self of just like having a tantrum in our brain where we can't seem to to bring up the common sense that we know will get us out of the problem. Right. So, so we're like spinning in circles and on that downward spiral, as Craig Ballantyne calls it, the vicious cycle of behavior where we just can't seem to get out of this spiral. And it's because we can't see the cue that's causing the spiral and therefore don't have the information we need to to cut the cut the cycle off and and change our behavior this is where we need outside objective outside eyes so that we can learn enough to become our own objective outside eyes like i don't mm-hmm. know about you but it's taken me a ton of time and intentional work to get to a place where even when things are at their best where I can be intention or objection, objective outside eyes. And even still, when things go sideways, it's like I turn into a child again. You know, I had this a, a, a few days ago where I had just like out of four co- coaching calls, I had two no-shows. One of those no-shows decided to cancel their coaching. Uh, the other two people were late. And then I had a dental procedure where they stuck a needle in my mouth and drilled half my tooth off. And I, I was just, I was just pissed off. I was like, I am done with today. It's not my day. I'm angry. And my wife was like, what's going on with you? Cause like, I can always pull it back, but it was just one of those things where it's just like, I, I can't, I, I'm not pulling it back today. Today's just not the day. And so these things will happen and they'll kind of pull us down. So I, I guess the point I'm making is, it takes intentional work and time to, and and we need support to be able to recognize that we are just an objective observer. And then it still takes time. You know, I would say there's only like one to 2% of people, maybe even less who, when no matter what is happening, who can kind of look and go, well, 
you know, I'm not my thoughts. I'm an objective observer. That's really interesting that this is happening and I'll just continue on my way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> A convoluted answer. So, so you asked another question about like when people kind of go into that downturn, I think you asked like, how, yeah. how do we get them out of it? Yeah. Especially given the example that you had there where you were just that pissed off, like how, how did you um, not get yourself, but how did you work yourself through that? Yeah. I mean, I tried, believe me, I tried. Um, I think the number one thing is for me at least. And so maybe this will resonate with some people is removing the judgment of myself. So, you know, because here's what happens, right? It, so the people don't show up for the calls and I start saying, well, did I do something wrong? Is this me? And then people are late. So then I start saying, well, you know, what's going on? Is it, and, and for me, the level I'm at, I'm like, are my vibes too low? Like, am I, am I, you know, am I causing friction here? And then the thing happens, you know, with a dental procedure that it was just worse than I expected. And then I start judging myself for feeling the way I'm feeling. I'm like, I should be the happy guy. I'm the Ted Lasso guy. I should be good. I should have this figured out. Right. And then we start shooting ourselves. And when we should ourselves, it stinks, right? It, it gets a little stinky. So it, when the shoulds come out is when we start recognizing, oh, like, you know, this is, this is not a good place to be. Um, so the first, the first step, if I could go back and coach myself a couple of days ago would be like, dude, like you don't need to judge yourself here. Like everyone has a tough day. So that's, that's step number one. And then it's like, you know, I'll always ask like, what can I learn from this experience? But sometimes it's like, or is there anything to learn? Or is it just like, do I just need to accept that? Like sometimes life is not as fun and maybe it doesn't really mean anything. And I just need to like stop putting meaning on it and just, and just move on. Right. Just move on to the next thing. Cause like, I think that's another thing that a lot of people do is we put like so much meaning on things that we hang on to it. So like, can we just let go of it so that we can move on to the next thing? Because like me having a dental procedure that sucked, like there's nothing to learn from that other than like, yeah, maybe go in recognizing that the dental procedure is going to be not fun, you know? Nice. I like that. On that note, actually, uh, on the judgment part, mental framework that I've been playing around with when I get myself worked up is, uh, is one walking, going for a walk. And if I find myself kind of habitually repeating, like going through the process, uh, my kind of like check is cause you mentioned judgment. I, I asked myself, okay, uh, Kyle, man, like, are you being judgmental or are you being compassionate? Because mm -hmm. you can't be judgmental and compassionate at the same time. And that has, that has actually been huge because I've actually found, oh no, I'm being judgmental of the same things. Like, feeling, feeling down for feeling, for feeling or feeling yeah. down for ugh, fill in the blank, you know, and judging those and thinking, thinking that they're going to be the end all be all. But then when I bring in that, when I bring in that roadblock or just like that stop sign, just to be like, whoa, or that red light, for example, uh, Matthew McConaughey reference, green light, unreal book. Uh, so good. And some, he talks about sometimes we need yellow and red lights to yep. get to the green lights. Right. Exactly. Have you, yeah. if you, and his audiobook is like a whiskey, man, it is like a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I, but, uh, I could talk about Matthew McConaughey for the rest of this podcast, so be careful. Nice. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's all Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, when I found myself, because what I found is when I focus on being more compassionate, I'm working from a place of infatuation, from a place of love, not a place of resentment and uh, hate or guilt or just low vibes. And what I've actually learned with this is, and this is one of my big like internal coaching ones where I'm judgmental or compassionate. What I found is that when I start being more compassionate to myself, our projections are our, are our reflections. And I have found that I've been projecting more compassion rather than judgment more this year than ever before. And I'm at like, like I'm actually coming to this thought or realization as I'm saying it and I'm feeling it like, Oh my gosh, this is like so cool. And mm. in that compassion, I've become more compassionate to other people as if they were me, but just from an alternate reality. Which depending on how far we want to go, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Your reality, yeah. Uh, the best thing that I've heard to, to, to go on this note, and I've oh, taken several notes here, that your reality is a reflection of how you show up. So, so if you can show up from a place of compassion and, and the way I learned this is if your foundational frequency is compassion, right, then everything else is going to be on a higher foundational frequency versus, so this is the perfect example of this is the person who wants to lose weight, right? The person who wants to lose weight, if they're coming from a foundational frequency of, I hate myself and I hate my body and they do the workouts and eat the right foods and go to sleep on time versus they're coming from a, a foundational frequency of compassion. And I love myself and I'm, you know, I'm ready to see what my body can do. And they take the exact same actions whose results are going to be better. Hmm. Like it, it's probably 99% of the time it's going to be the person who's coming from a higher foundational frequency. Um, so when you talk about that, like, there's often two sides to the same coin and judgment is it's a human. It's a piece of being a human. We actually have to do it to keep ourselves safe. But if we can, and actually I love the way you talk about compassion because I'll often say like judgment is the opportunity for me to be curious, right? Because I grew up very judgmental. So like if I can go from, Oh, like, like, let's say I see someone, that is homeless. This was a big one for me, right? So I'd see someone that's homeless and my past programming would be, wow, like what a piece of work, like get a job. Like, I can't believe this. Like, wow, like, what are you doing? It's so easy to get a job at, you know, 7-Eleven, right? It, I actually had a wake up moment when we were driving by a homeless shelter and I had the same judgment. I had the same initial reaction because this is what our brains do, trying to keep us safe or whatever. It's a pattern. And I immediately, without thinking, flipped to, I bet they've got some crazy stories of how they got there. I wonder mm. what their stories are. So as you said, that's such a more compassionate place to come from. And we're using judgment to help ourselves instead of to hurt ourselves or even to hurt others. So I love that. And coming from a higher frequency, there's one more thing I want to say on what you said, if you don't mind. Oh, go for it. It's so conversational. 
Yeah, cool, cool. You you mentioned that, you know, sometimes when you find you're, you know, spiraling down, you'll go for a walk. And I, I had a great conversation actually at Craig's live event with some folks uh, in May when they were talking about this. And I said, what's really important when you're finding that, you know, you're in a bad space or whatever, and you want to, you want to respond differently uh, instead of react is the difference between reacting a snap decision. That's probably not often serving us and responding, which is more of a uh, intentional response is space. So what you're doing with that walk is you're creating space from the trigger to your response and you're allowing yourself to come back to a place of intentionality instead of just like reacting from past programming or lower vibrational thoughts or feelings, you can create space to come from that. And instead of it being a vicious cycle, you can maybe come from a more virtuous cycle. Nice. Man. I dropped I had a lot a, of bombs there. You Thank did. You that was great. Me. No, I, I I'm like, honestly, I'm thinking about, I'm like, okay, YouTube uh, title right there. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So uh, obviously we got the good vibes. We got the positive frequency vibes. So going in, so on the, on the opposite side of that coin, I suppose, going into that darker spot, going into the, the spot where there is no clarity in sight, it's more of a fog it's not even a vantage point. You're in the jar. You're not able to look at the nutritional contents, yeah. which I kid you not. When you said that, I said that earlier today around 5 30 AM when I was at the gym, I was telling my right. buddy Jesse about, it. he's like, Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's good. Patterns, it's man. There you go. I bet it'll come up again. I bet it'll come up again. Probably third time's a charm, you know? Yeah. Uh, so with, with that, with that dark spot, with, with those times, and I guess you can speak from your own, like, point of view on this one going from that dark to that light going from that um animal being to human being going from uh the the not the regs to riches that's kind of a lame one but going from one polarity to another talk about that one and the changes that either you made that you see people make that you recognize are something along those lines, something along those lines. There's something that's brewing in there, but if you got something, go for it. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> cool. And we'll, if not, then, Hey, we're just, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're just, we're just riffing. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you're talking about like, okay, how do we go from a place of stress and, and, and negativity and, and not feeling like we have clarity to how do we get out of that? to get, get to a better place. Is, is that close to what you're asking that? And then I'm going to add on, uh, the process of remodeling the mind. Oof. Okay. How much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, fair. So, so when we're in like a lower vibrational place and we're like, really like, say, say we're struggling and you said you were in like a dark place, uh, we tend to over-focus on the external we focus mm. too much on the mm. things that are outside of our control. I'm not getting this thing. I, I'm not doing this right. We, you know, all these things that are outside of us and we under focus on the things that are within our control. We under focus on 
ourselves as the conduit to better things, right? We don't realize that like, oh, I can change this, right? So I've actually got a few things um, for when things get difficult. So the first one is, is using data over drama. Um, now this is easy in the, in the business sense, but we can talk about this in any sense, right? If you're not, so what's the, what's the quote? I want to get this right. It's like when there's a vacuum of information, like, like when, when, when there's missing information, our brain is going to fill that in with a story. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that story is usually going to come from a place of like opinion. Like it's, it's going to come, it's going to come from like a lower vibrational place of opinion, generally fear, insecurity, guilt, shame, these, these not great places. So if we don't have enough data, we're going to rely on an opinion to make a decision. And generally that opinion is coming from a lower vibrational place. That's what I'm trying to say. So I had a client, great quote from a client when I, when I brought this to her and she said, if I'm ever feeling gridlocked, I go gather more information. The answers come when I get more information, right? So where do you need to gather more information, right? You know, where do you need to get uh, as objective as you possibly can so that we can get more data that overrides the drama, right? I have this one client, he, he came to me, he thought he wasn't a good salesperson, right? He's like, I'm not very good at sales. Um, you know, I feel like that's part of my business that I need to improve. So I said, okay, well, what's your close percentage? He said, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, do you track your sales calls? No. Okay. So we got him tracking his sales calls. Within three months, it became quite clear his closing percentage, and he sells an average four or 5k package up to 25k pretty much. Like he, he can sell some pretty big packages. His closing percentage was 58%. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. So it turns out, no, you're not a bad salesperson. You need to get more people onto calls where, where the, where the issue is, is in lead generation. And he was creating this drama that he was not a good salesperson, which was affecting everything else when really it was like, he's not reaching out to enough people. And then, you know, he doesn't know enough people. He's a great salesperson, right? So making sure that whatever situation you're in, how much data do you have? Like, do you have all the data that you need to make a decision from a place of empowerment? Or are you making a, a decision based on a story that you're creating in your head? And then this is uh, this comes from the documentary Stutz, which is um, Jonah Hill's documentary where he talks to his therapist, which I'm not going to talk about the moral issues around making a documentary with your therapist or any of that. But I didn't even some, think of that. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some issues there. But the point is, is like this guy has some great tools. Um, and one of those tools is is called String of Pearls. And it's like, you just have to take one action and put one foot in front of the other in the right direction. No one action is better than another. They're all just the same pearls that you're putting on the string, right? So when we're coming from a place of objectivity and data and not drama, we can then take the next action in the direction of the thing 
that we want so that we can then iterate, reiterate, and so on to keep moving in the, in the right direction. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, dude. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's not anyway. bad. We got a little, we got a little past in there. We got a little present in there. So, uh, going into uh, the future, my friend, oh, what is it? Yeah, another question you asked. You can ask the question again. <laughs> Sweet. Going into the future, what is it for? Do you have your own vision of what you wish to, um, kind of make your stamp on the on the planet? I suppose so. How that I have my creed of just being a positive contribution to the human race. That's obviously very vague, but do you have anything along those lines where you, a vision that really pumps you up? It's interesting because I get asked this a lot and um, I don't know how much you know about um, human design. So human design is like the combination of like chakras and astrology okay, and cool. a whole bunch of stuff uh, pulled into one. It's, it's pretty woo woo and I love it. I like it already. Anyway, so it's kind of like, it, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Would it be similar to like sacred geometry, maybe yeah. toss in a little bit of numerology in there? Yeah. Thick. So, and it's based on where you were born and what time and date you were born. So it's like, you know, based on the astrology and, 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 and all that stuff. Like, and I am what's considered a projector. Okay, mm -hmm. so there's projectors, generators, manifesting generators, and reflectors. I think that's it. Um, and I'm a projector. And one of my traits within being a projector is the fact that I am very much a like, take the next step type of person. Not so much that I can have that, like working with the long-term vision isn't, isn't ideal for me. Mm -hmm. And I always before I knew this, I struggled to like have a vision. Like when I was a kid, like I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. And then I was like, Oh, this hockey player thing sounds good. Let's try that. Right. And then it was like, I just was all over the place. Like I knew what I liked to do, but I never really knew what I wanted to, to be when I grew up. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, to be honest. So when people ask my vision and, and you ask another part of that question, which is like, what excites you? Uh, I, I, I find a lot of solace in what Matthew McConaughey said, actually, which he said, you know, the only thing I ever knew I wanted to be was a father. And it's one of these things that I've found, you know, even as I just say it, I, I get the, the, the good feeling, the yes feeling, you know, that I'm excited. I'm excited about, um, and, and obviously fatherhood is one of those things, but like being able to positively impact the people the people that will carry the torch, whether that's my kids, hopefully someday the children in my life around me and the people that I'm coaching and the ripple effect of what happens through them. Right? Like if I can coach someone who is a coach of other people, the ripple effect of that is crazy. Not only them, but their families and all those people's families. Right? So that's what really excites me. And I know it's not an exciting vision, um, but some of the things I'm doing to that are in alignment with that is um, I'm doing a lot of speaking. And as I said to you, my only goal when I go and speak is to preach the gospel of what I know. Um, there's no, every time I've had an ulterior motive of like money or fame or something, it's just gone horribly wrong. So it's just like, I'm going to show up, I'm going to preach the gospel. 
I'm going to coach anyone who needs coaching. I'm just going to spend extra time. I'm going to talk about it at dinner. I'm going to do whatever I can um, to help people. And great. And if anything comes of that, awesome. Um, that's something I'm doing. I'm working on a book that's moving pretty well. And I got a great person for feedback and Craig Valentine, and he's given me feedback that is forcing me to do a rewrite that I don't want to do, but here we are. And I heard Alex Ramosi did 13 rewrites on his most recent book. So I'm like, I'm, I'm in it now. Um, so those are, those are some of the ways that, you know, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm trying to move in the right direction with that North star, with that wide net of a North star and iterate and reiterate as I go, you know, do I feel really feeling into, do I feel like this is the next step for me? Um, and if I do, then what is the next indicated step? How can I take the next step on the yellow brick road towards what I, at this moment, feel like is the is the highest vision for me? That's cool. I actually find myself very similar where I don't have like a concrete vision or like absolute clarity, but I got to, mm -hmm. the way that actually, this is the way I organize it is like I, when I go for my walks, I walk a lot, man. Like it's a stupid amount of walking that I do. And I like the, and I think you might enjoy this kind of like, uh, thought process, but it's a thought exercise of what would the alternate reality be like? <clears throat> and I, and I use that and I use that kind of frame of reference as a way of being compassionate and making peace with all iterations of me from age zero to what I would imagine to be a hundred. I don't know if I'll live to a hundred, but I wanted to make peace with that fella just in case. Yep. So then I found myself where presently I'm at peace, uh, timeline wise, I'm at peace. Uh, from head to heart to gut, I'm at peace. And what I found is that I started getting curious about where else could I make peace? And I found that thinking of alternate realities, not so much of a goal, but it's like, okay, if this was the life, if this was the timeline of me uh, doing this, 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 because I have this crazy like city kind of thing. It's very much so inspired by like, Leonardo da Vinci, uh, like folks that want to contribute to the larger sum. And I kind of have this philosophy that when we take care of the city, the city takes care of us. Mm -hmm. So rather than complaining about the things that are in a city that I don't like, I'd rather be contributing to the solution or contributing yeah. to the resolution, mm -hmm. uh, not through revolution, but through evolution because revolution is risky. And, uh, and, I found that when I kind of have these different timelines of what could possibly be like this, one I call my project Edmonton timeline, it is something that could possibly happen. And I'm actually within the same trajectory and I can just go in all the directions. But I found that with this thought exercise where I'm not coming up with one main vision, I came up with a couple and I know where they can kind of all fit in. So for example, that particular vision, that particular timeline, I know that it wouldn't be coming into fruition until my 50 year old. So that's the thing as well is that if I know that that would be my 50 year old self coming up with the solution to, um, and I really like this vibe, like, uh, have you heard of Travis Steffens? No, he's please. a pretty, so he has like our me. investment and he, he coined it. He coined it conscious capitalism. I refer to myself as a uh, as a capitalistic hippie. <laughs> I really like that. I I'm going to steal that by the Go way. Go for it. All yours, my friend. <laughs> and so what he did for his projects is 
uh, it was going into rundown areas and he's in the States rundown areas, uh, helping homeless communities, integrating them back in with Joe Dispenza style, like breath work. Like he's in a suit, right? right? He's in a suit. He's going from, uh, uh, project to project. So buildings, construction companies, and he hires all, all these peeps that are just in not the best situations and brings them in breath work, brings them into a new environment, creates clarity, creates abundant uh, mentality in this like tough little spot. So that's kind of my inspiration for the, the city project. And, uh, it's cool when I like I like that vibe where it's you you can show up in the suit, but then you're gonna be doing some breath work. Like I love yeah. that. And so that's kind of the thing that's been inspiring that idea. I don't know where I was going with that, but uh I don't care. It's awesome. It's <laughs> sick. So <laughs> if I'm thinking of the amalgamation of Travis Steffens and 50-year-old Kyle, like a fusion, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z style, uh then then I can actually ask my future self for advice. Like a, a frame of the veteran where Alex Ramosi talks about it as well. Yep. But me thinking of my hundred year old self, like right now, right now, Gavin, I am experiencing a memory of my 100 year old self. Right. That's what this is. So that's where it brings a lot more, like I could feel it. I'm like, oh and my God. That also this is allows so cool. you to be objective about it. Totally. It's mm-hmm. like, if this was just, and this is getting kind of deep into like reality, but if this was just a memory, like it had already happened, I can be so much more objective about it than worrying about what people will think or how the outcome will be or whatever. Cause like, it's already done. Um, that's actually one of my favorite frames of reference. I, I call it the, the old wise frame of reference, but you know, the veteran frame. And I actually said to a, a bunch of our clients at an event that, I see my my old wise version of me as this like super cool and weird hippie dude who like just goes on adventures and does crazy stuff like all day and then sits in his rocking chair on his porch all evening and everyone just comes to him and asks for life advice and he just drops knowledge bombs all over the place. And, um, and that, you know, what was it Hormozy said? He said, the more often I bring that guy into my conversations, the happier I am. And most of the time when I bring that guy in, you know, he says things like, you're never going to regret spending more time with your wife. You know, you're, you know, all, all these, all these little things where, you know, I'm worried about work and he just drops this bomb about something else. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that doesn't matter at all. This is what matters, you know? Um, and I really like how you explain that, that like, if, if I can go forward to that guy, then it would make sense that I can also go back from him, like you said, and experience memories as him, which then allows us to live in an alternate reality and allows us to ask different questions and like create options for ourselves, right? It's like, well, what, what if this memory was me doing this thing differently instead of what I'm actually doing. And then we can, so I'm, I think I'm taking this a step deeper, right? Yeah. Which allows us, cause one of the most powerful things I do with people as well, when they're struggling is I go, well, what are our options here? Cause they usually think that it's like a, it's like black and then white. It's like, well, no, there's like a bunch of gray area too. 
Like you could do this, you could do that, or you could do this and that, or you could do the other, right? And all of those could work and all of them could not work or some combination of them might work. And when you can create options for yourself, again, through observing and not putting a whole bunch of pressure on the thing through like kind of zooming out, then we can, then we can like make better decisions because we have more information, which is a lot of what Alex Hormozzi talks about mindset wise. It's just like, well, we'll just slow down and start asking questions and you'll figure it, you'll figure a lot of things out. But so many of us just boom, do the thing. So I think what you're doing there is giving yourself and hopefully others that are listening some space to, to create different, different options for themselves. That's definitely the goal. It's actually interesting. Your, your older, your old wise man version is very similar to myself. And, uh, when I visit, when I visit the stoop <laughs> yeah. and if I'm like struggling, like I envision, this is so funny, but I envision my like older self just hanging out and he just like has this big old bong rip after I'm like complaining or something. Yeah. And then he's like, don't be a bitch, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like before any question is answered, there's a drag taken of either yeah. a cigar or a joint like, yeah. before any answers are given. I need a minute, you know? Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll probably our old guys will hang out at some point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and hopefully just drop double knowledge bombs because I think, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, maybe they already have hung out, you know, let's go, let's go real, you know, timeline therapy on this. Um, because, you know, I think if people, t- if people take one thing from this winding road that we've gone down today, Kyle, it's that, um, you know, like the less in it you are the better usually like the less, you know, the less like, what does, uh, what does McConaughey say? say less impressed, more involved. Yes. Right. Just yeah, like, yeah. The less impressed you are. And, and I think what he means by that is like, um, impressed is like, Oh, like we're good. Like, you know, I don't have to worry about, about this in this moment. And then you kind of like lose the, like, options and the action steps that you can take and we get more involved and we go, how could I make a better decision here? Or what's the best decision I can make in this, in this situation? Objectively, we can really get further quicker. Totally. That was a that was a winding road of a thought as well. That was a gutter, man. Shit. I was just like watching. I'm like, cause I'm like a visual person. So I'm like visualizing how this is all connecting or like the timeline is the, of this episode so far. And I'm like, wow, we looped oh, around quite a bit. This is good. But the organization overall is like fantastic, dude. Yeah. And with that, of course, I also want to make sure that I don't take up too much of your time. So I do have one question before I get into final questions. And Ooh, wonderful. Is there anything that has to be said that hasn't been said yet during this episode? Yeah, there's one thing. Um, if you're listening to this, you already have everything inside of you to get everything you could ever want in this life. The thing that so many people, like so many people forget that power that they have. And our belief, like our self-belief just in general is often clouded by those like not so hot feelings of guilt, fear, shame, right? It's kind of like, I, I, I envision it as like a, like, 
like dirt on top of like something in the attic. Right. And if we can sweep that dirt off and reveal, you know, the best parts of ourselves, like everything you need is inside of you. Like, and when you can create the belief, you know, to steal from Ted Lasso, that's right behind me, believe if you can just believe in yourself and what you have within you already, you can become a very dangerous person in the best way. That's what I, that's what needs to be said. I like that, dude. Uh, I'm going to tackle, tackle on something because some a buddy of mine, Chase, <clears throat> I should introduce you guys. He, he does a lot of story work and it's freaking cool, man. But he has a great analogy for when there's, because obviously people may think of how overwhelming the options or the thoughts or the decisions or that part's the tough part I find with, uh, well, at least for myself and then also with others or from observing. And he had a really cool point where the mind is like a U-Haul truck and it's filled up and we're just traveling from one location to another location to another location. But we got to make sure that we get to the destination open up the truck and start maybe with the lamps and then start with a couple totes. Then we start pulling out the bigger stuff like the beds. And eventually what we're going to find, if the U-Haul is considered our mind, we will be able to create more space to do cartwheels in that storage unit. And then that gives us the opportunity to actually think and create that space internally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's we often put pressure on things and if we can just remove some of those bricks from the backpack or those, those the furniture from the U-Haul, we just open up more space for more options and more opportunities. Totally. Elimination, man. Way better than addition, in my opinion. Yes, 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 absolutely. Sweet. So uh, yeah, at the end of the episodes, I, I asked two questions and I'm very, very excited to ask you this one, just given the conversation, man, because of the vibes. Yeah. Uh, and given your unreal uh, little last snippet on that, I'm, I'm curious what you'll say. But uh, the first one, you're on your deathbed, <laughs> set in the scene. You're on your deathbed. You're surrounded by the people that you care for. Uh, you probably got grandkids at this point. They're hanging around you as well. You got one piece of advice or one thing that you can leave people with. What is that piece of advice? I'm just going to say what's, what's coming up. Cause I like, I'm trying to find the right and best answer, but I'm going to say what's coming up is don't be realistic. <laughs> don't be realistic. That's what just popped into my head. So thank you. One what's crazy on the 33 years on this planet. I think I've, that's one of the first times I've heard that sentence or maybe it just hits a little bit deeper right now, but don't be realistic. Cause so many people are just like, be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I actually heard it. It's a, it was someone on Stephen Bartlett's diary of a CEO podcast said it. Uh, I think it was that it was like, you know, what's the, what's the worst piece of advice you ever received? And they said, be realistic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's that. Don't be realistic kids and grandkids. Don't be realistic. That's awesome. Uh, and then this is a fun little visualization one. So if you have like a, a chair or a couch next to you over there, the best version of you, the, the highest power version of you, the, the, what I like to call the prime version of you, 
or the prime self, that person is sitting next to you or sitting across from you, just like checking you out and has one piece of advice for this season of your life, what would that piece of advice be? Best question. What a great question. Uh, this is like rim work and NLP work and timeline work all rolled into one. And I absolutely love it. What advice do they have for me right now? Enjoy the process. Um, and further to that, one of the, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from a coach is stop looking at the scoreboard and enjoy playing the game. I like that. And, and, and thank, thank you for opening that up in me and allowing me to talk to my best self. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. I'm glad to have been able to witness it. Yes. <laughs> all right, my man. Well, folks, that's all I got for you for today. Gavin, where can people find you? Well, once their minds become unpretzeled, uh, <laughs> Yeah, the best place to find me is at Gavin McHale one on Instagram. I've started sharing more on there because I recognize that, um, you know, this is bigger than me. And even if I don't like the whole Instagram thing so much, uh, I got to preach the gospel. And that's the place where a lot of people are. So at Gavin McHale one I would love a message. Uh, I would love a follow. I would even just love for you to take a look at what I got and 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 hopefully it positively impacts you. That's awesome. Uh, and before, before heading out as well, I, I just want to say like, uh, in, in the last chunk of time, well, yeah, in the last chunk of time, especially when you, you started, or when I started sitting in on your lives, basically, mm -hmm. uh, I, I definitely gotta say like, you're, you, you have, uh, made an impression on me where I can recognize my particular skill sets, uh, much broader than what I thought. Cause I was playing the game in the same way that other people wanted to play the game and were playing the game. Mm. But now I'm recognizing that the game, my trajectory is, has a lot more clarity and a lot more uh, confidence in it. And you are a contributor to that. And I just want to let you know that. Thank you so much. It, that means a lot that I left someone better off than I found them. And also um, reminds me of one more thing. Yeah. Uh, that that we are playing the game we are the referees and we get to make the rules uh so that's a something that clearly you've started doing and uh, i am honored and humbled to be a, a part of that yeah buddy thanks timelines bro, bro. timelines <laughs> <laughs> so uh folks if you love today's episode, which I, I'm a little biased, but I don't know how you couldn't. If you love today's episode, please do me a favor right now and take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories and tag me with my handle at Dapper Dude Kyle, along with at Gavin Mikhail one. That is one of the ways that we grow. And until next time, keep up the kindness. And I hope your day treats you as good as you look.